Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Hello, everyone. My name is Pastor Maya Rodriguez. I want to welcome you to my weekly podcast. It is a true privilege to be able to share the good news of God's Word with you. Enjoy. important, right? Ephesians 6.18 says the following, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And so based on this, we want to close off with the theme of a life built on prayer. A life built on prayer. And there is, um, as we close off these 21 days of prayer and fasting, there's two things that come to mind. First, everyone, everyone, each and every person here needs to continue to pray. Needs, come on, needs to continue to pray. I almost, instead of putting a life built on prayer, I kind of wanted to name it uh, day 22 and beyond. Because we're in day 22. So did you pray first today? You know, did you wake up and do that practical thing of saying just like, thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for your blessings, you know, uh, as we go to church or whatever. Did you pray? Did you have a conversation? Did you acknowledge the Holy Spirit that was there with you this morning? So continue to pray, and that's for everyone, right? But second, um, dedicate yourself to prayer. And I want to say that this is, this is, I want it to be for everyone, but I understand that this is actually for some people who are called. What am I talking about? I'm talking about something that stirred inside of you during these 21 days of fasting and prayer. Something that you didn't know was inside of you. Something that you didn't actually know you even needed. But once you got to it, you're like, wow, life is so much better. I feel good when I wake up and I connect to prayer and I have this in my life. Or what, finishing up the day and just listening, like connecting. Like, I actually enjoy this. And not only do I enjoy this, I love this. And I noticed that this year... Um, I'm 44 years old, going to be 45 this year. Yes, I'm 44 years old. I know, I know. You can't tell, but God's just been so good. And the Botox is amazing right now. So, um, but what I noticed was that I started to read things. I know some of you guys aren't going to get it because you guys are young. But whoever's like 40 and above is going to totally identify with me. Where I started reading things and then I'm like, Okay, I could see it there. You know, like there's a certain distance now. And, and I didn't realize I was doing it. It just became kind of my normal until I bought these. Yes, I did. They're actually just called readers and cheaters. I thank you. Yes, they're readers too. I knew you guys were going to yell out cheaters. Why are they cheaters? Because they're not, you're not actually ready for glasses. 
You know, you just need that little extra help. And you're like, oh, wow, I love it, right? I could see better. But if I tried to see you guys, I'm like, oh, you're blurry. No, it's for things that are close up that I need them. And I'm like, I can see clearly now. I'm not going to sing it. Okay, I can actually see clearly I didn't know I needed it. But now that I have them on, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Some of you, this happened with 21 days of fasting and prayer. You're like, wow, like I miss it. Like I need it. I need to be connected. This is when God calls you to prayer. There's different ways that God calls us and you can dedicate your life to pray in groups, in groups, connect, connect groups, right? You can start a group. You can be in the intercessory group and just be part of that and a WhatsApp and, and get all the information, be praying for people on the cards that people fill out. You know, there's so many ways you can become a prayer partner that we're going to implement next Sunday. Again, we're going to bring it back where we got, we have people during worship time around the building. You could go to them. You could pray for people. You could be used as an instrument for God. Like there's so many ways we can implement prayer in our lives. So it's not like this weird, mystical, like crazy people only do it, right? Like you see people and you're like, what the heck is wrong with them? Like I could never do what they do, right? But God can use you in different ways where you could have conversations with God in a way that's simple, practical, and doable for you. And I find this concept in the book of Nehemiah. Actually, this book of Nehemiah introduces us to, to Nehemiah, right? He's talking as he heard. So Nehemiah, there was a group that went before from Babylon to go rebuild the temple. So they went ahead, with, which was with Ezra. They went ahead and they rebuilt the temple. But something that they didn't rebuild was the gate. Actually, 50 years later, still the gates hadn't been rebuilt. So Nehemiah is back in Babylon. He's the wine taster. Oh, I love that job. Like, I'm, I want to be Nehemiah, right? You get to taste the wine. Bad thing about it is if someone poisoned the king, you'd be the one that dead, right? You're like the guinea pig. So basically, he was the, the, the wine bearer, the wine taster, right? And he was there, and when he heard the walls hadn't been rebuilt or the protection wasn't there for the temple, he cried. He cried, have you ever heard news about someone you don't might not even really know them but there's just something inside of you where you feel pain you feel like that that need to cry out to God for them you feel compassion for them you feel and so then you start to talk to God that's actually intercessory that's prayer like you're called to that. Can you imagine? You're like, oh, I just thought like weird people were on that, you know, and you have to like know all these Bible verses and stuff. No, that's not even it. It's just people that are called to pray for other people, to call protection around other people. And Nehemiah was called to this. He was called to protect the temple. And so he sat down and wept. And then he went to the king. The king's like, yes, go. I send you. Nehemiah 4, 14 and 16 says the following. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families. This is Nehemiah speaking. This is Nehemiah speaking when he's rebuilding the walls. This is Nehemiah speaking when all of the enemies are laughing at them and saying, what? You think you're going to rebuild the walls with all of this trouble? With all of these rocks that look like trash? You think you, Israelites, you, the people of God, are actually going to rebuild? You're going to protect the temple? 
And so Nehemiah is speaking to the people, and he's like, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your families. A lot of you guys are like, oh, yeah, okay, where are they? I'll fight for them. No, I'm not talking about just a burglar. I'm talking about the thief. The thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. See, some of y'all getting, you know, um, paying your monthly for your security alarm and put your ring on and your cameras and everything, yet you're not actually even asking any angels protecting your children. You're not even asking the Holy Spirit to do what only the Holy Spirit can do and go into the hearts of, you know, your your family, your loved ones. Come on, you guys. We got to do more than just pay a monthly and protect with, you know, whatever company you're using. We got to start to protect our families through prayer, through intercessory. So it says this, Fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Verse 16 says the following. From that day on, you guys, half of the men did the work. So half the men were just like 100% building. We got to keep on building. We got to keep on building the wall. But listen to this. While the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and arrows. That means that we need a group of people that are actually protecting, that are actually declaring protection, not just praying for people in need, protecting the people that are working, protecting and praying for those that are starting businesses, protecting our seniors that are about to graduate as they're going to college. Like there needs to be people that are actually having a conversation with God for other people and, and, and declaring that God's angels are around us, right? That we are protected, that the favor and grace of God comes on, on, onto us and protects us. Nehemiah understood that he and his men, in order for them to rebuild the wall, that it was so important. But the first thing he did was he said, Lord, you are in control. You are in control of this. This is the first thing we have to do is always just give God the glory for it. We give you glory, God, for what you're doing. We give you glory for what we're building. And we give you glory for those that aren't building with us, even, you know, too. Like for all of it, God is in control. We need to pray, but we also have to be watchful. Not just pray. Some people are praying all day and you don't do anything else. You got to pray and be watchful. That means you got to pray, but when your husband's getting home, and if you're a stay-at-home wife, you know, there needs to be a meal. If you're out working as well, hey, get on the text. What are we having for dinner? What are we making for dinner, right? Both of you working, both of you cooking, right? Okay, so, hey, you... Don't just pray, oh, help my marriage, Lord. Oh, help me and and help me to ace this test. I don't know about you, but when I was in high school, I'd be like, please. I'd get the biology book and like stick it to my head. Just let it sink in, Lord. It's never going to happen. Like you're not just going to miraculously sink in that, you know, like absorb the information. And we're like, oh, God didn't help me. I got a D. No. You need to pray, but you got to put action. We got to be watchful. Can I get an amen? Come on, you guys. We got to get back to rebuilding. We got to get back to working. We need to attend to the needs of the people. But some of you will continue to pray in the spiritual warfare. And this is what we call for the church a prayer shield. We call this a prayer shield for your family. Who is the prayer warrior? Who's the one? Don't expect, maybe some people were just called to build. Don't put obligations on them that they don't feel called to do. Some of, some people are just called to build. 
Some of y'all are called to sleep, but you need to wake up and start building, right? You either, there's two options. You build or you protect those that are building, okay? And then you also build because it says they were actually with one. They would build and then they had their sword though. They were still helping. They were digging and they still had their sword. So they were like half and half. They'd help to build, but they'd, they really, they were there to protect. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18 Actually, this verse 18 where it says to always pray, it's not going to come on your screens. I just want to give you this background. It's actually the whole thing of putting on the armor of God. It's the ending to this passage when he says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of the armor of God. Then it ends with the verse 18 when it talks about all the armor of God. Then it says, Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion and stay alert. So this is where we have to put on that armor of God. So we need some 22 and beyond people. Come on, you guys. We need those people that are going to pray constantly, consistently, in and out of season and all times without fail. Over these 21 days, you found out that you're like, I just love this. Then jump on a team. Jump on to our Zoom at 8.30 p.m. Just listen this first season. Connect. Connect Monday through Friday. Maybe next season you're like, Pastor, I feel like I'm called to pray, but I'm going to pray for divorced women. I'm going to pray for lonely. I'm going to pray for people that are this. And so I want to do a group. Perfect. Let's do it. Let's do things. Let's start to do prayer groups specifically for needs. I love it, but we need people, people that are called by God to pray for other people in their times. And so, like I said, you could co-lead a group, you can be part of the intercessory group, or you can also be part of our prayer partners. If you're interested in this, go to the um, welcome home booth and just let them know that you'd like to be a prayer partner or you want to get connected in prayer, and I'll make sure that I reach out to you. Okay, so prayer in its simplest form could be known as talking to God. Say with me, talking to God. But actually, it's more than that. You don't just talk to God and you give him your opinions. You actually talk to God in order to hear him, his word, and to align your life to his will. So it's that time where it's like, he's actually molding you through prayer And your thoughts, your emotions, your desires are now molded to his will every time you have a conversation. Have you ever noticed when you hang around with someone enough, you start to use the same words, the same, like the sayings or expressions and stuff? People tell me all the time, they're like, oh my gosh, your daughters look exactly like you. And I was like, you talk to them, right? I was like, they actually don't look that much like me, but because they talk like me, everybody's like, they're identical to you. I'm like, they're actually identical, Nicole, to her dad, right? And Isabella, a lot more to um, her dad's family. And I'm like, they're, they're beautiful, and I wish. I'm like, they're so beautiful. Like, I wish they actually did look exactly like me, or I look like them. But it's really because they talk like me, and they're loud. But how could they not be? They're my daughter's. When someone's your daughter or your son, the most natural thing is for you to reflect your parents, your father or your mother. Are you reflecting Jesus? When people hear you, do they say, oh, this is someone that's been with Jesus. He's a son. He's a daughter of God. You don't have to preach to them. It's just the way that you talk, right? And that's what we do through prayer. So how do we then align our lives to prayer. Number one, we make it a priority. 
We've got to get back to the priority. Here come the P's. We make it a priority. Acts 1.14 says they all join together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. The women were there in prayer. Well, then, since there's nothing else to do in this situation, I guess I'll pray. Right? I've already tried everything. I've put applications everywhere. I've knocked on all the doors. But, well, I guess since there's nothing else I can do and I'm still out of a job, I'll pray. No. Pray first. Pray before the decision. I guess now that I'm out of this relationship, I'll pray. No. Pray before getting into the relationship. Because then you're going to pay the consequences for not praying. We pay the consequences because we do as we want to do instead of listening to what God wants for our lives. So first we say, God, this is what I want. This is what I desire. Oh, I so desire it. Then, mm, oh, oh, my stomach hurts. Why did I drink that right before I was preaching, right? Got to run to the bathroom. Oh, I didn't think about that. Oh, you should have. You should have. You should have went to God first. If we would go to God first, if we would just go to God. I'm not talking about long prayers. If you are one of those people that have all the time to turn on the candle, put the music, put out a mat, you have your prayer corner. Wow. I love it. Total, you know, like, wow. Like, you're amazing. That's amazing. So good for you, you know, that you do that. And I'm not being sarcastic. I'm really being truthful. But I'm always running. And I'm like going in. I mean, I'm like, Lord, help me. Bless me. Bless me in this meeting. Give me favor and grace. I'm going to go see a client or whatever. I'm going to show a home. Heavenly Father, you know, just cover me. Give me grace with my clients. You know, be there. Oh, my gosh. Nicole's going to this. Or Isabella's out here. Oh, protect them, Heavenly Father. It's a constant conversation. The days that I don't get a text from one of my family members, I'm worried. And usually I'll get a text later on in the day and say, sorry, I was disconnected. I was super busy today. And I'm like, it's okay, but it's not our normal. Because see, our normal as a family is we have this chat and we'll say like, hey, we're off to work today or I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You guys want to have dinner? Or what are you guys doing today? Where are the plans? Oh, we're doing this. We're doing that. We're constantly texting each other. Why? Because there's a relationship. Do you have a relationship with God? Or is it just a formality? Do you just talk to him in the morning with all of your eloquence and your candle and everything? You're like, oh, I'm so spiritual and I love you. And then you forget about him all day. You don't check in with him. You don't say anything to him all day. You just ignore him and then you come home and you want to be intimate again. This is, I feel, is a relationship one too, right, you guys? Come on, married couples. It's a all day. It's a conversation. So we need to pray first. We need to pray when bad things happen. We need to pray before bad things happen. We need to pray after bad things happen. So in every situation, we need to pray. Prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. That's just the way it is. We have to find a place to pray. And I love that because, like I said, it might be a prayer room, a corner. It might be a closet. It might be whatever. For me, it's usually the shower. It's usually the shower. I know y'all are, some of you guys are crazy watching videos during the shower time, right? You guys, you guys take your phone in there. I, I hear it or whatever. People watching videos and everything, but I usually like to put music or no music. And I just have a conversation with God. It's usually sometimes out loud. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just in my head and I'm just having this conversation with him. I just take that time to pray. It's usually that. And since I do it every day, what a good place to pray, right? But that's your place. I'm just telling you so you're not like, 
oh my gosh, like, she actually prays in the shower. Yeah, and that's okay. He's not weirded out by it, you know? Just have a conversation with him. So we have to pray, not just do we have to be persistent, not just a place to pray, but we have to have a plan for prayer. I loved the tabernacle prayer, the whole explanation. That's actually like a plan. Then we have prayers, you know, um, our father prayer, the prayer of Jabez, the prayer of Moses. There's so many prayers in the Bible. So many people prayed. Nehemiah prayed. You know, all of these, you could take people's prayers. You can pray them. Not as you're reciting them, no. Just use it as a model, as a plan for prayer. What is your plan when you go to the Father? Do you have a plan in conversation? I know that when I want to talk to my girls about something, I want to talk to my husband, usually when I don't have a plan for my words, it could be misunderstood. We can have lack of communication. You know, they can take it the wrong way if we don't find the place in the plan. I think it's time for us to have a plan and say, Lord, like, this is, this is why I'm coming to you. Like, I need us to have this relationship, but I'm sorry I've ignored you for so long, but I want to have a plan. The time I'm with you, I want to be renewed. I want your heart to be my heart. You know, I want your mind to be my mind. There's so many things, but we have to have a plan for prayer, and we have to play. We have to, have to pray powerful prayers, powerful prayers, You know, nowhere in the Bible do I ever say, see a verse that says, shh, be quiet in the house of the Lord. Yet most of us think that that's holy, right? The quieter we are, the holier we are. No, most of the verses like shout to the Lord, right? Cry out to God, shout from the mountains, let everyone know. Like, and you're like, what? He actually wants me to pray powerful prayers. You're like, that's not my personality. Hey, that's going to become your personality when you're fighting cancer. That's going to be your personality. It's become my personality. I know I'm loud anyway, but while I'm having chronic pain, and I'm like, Lord, I need you. Like, I'm like, okay, I need you, Father. No. When I wake up and I can't handle it anymore, I'm just like, God, please. You know, please, I don't want to take this medicine anymore. And every time I take it, in the name of Jesus, this might be the last time I'm taking the medication. I'm in your hands, Heavenly Father. I'm in your hands. But we can pray powerful prayers in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen? And number five, and with this I want to close, our prayers need to relate to the persons of prayer. To God the Father, to Jesus the Son. And to the breath, which is the Holy Spirit. Remember, God the Father is love. God, everything he did was because he loved us. Jesus is grace in the Bible. We go to him and we have that Jesus that walked, that felt hunger. God never has felt hunger. Jesus felt hunger. He gets us. He knows when people betray, what it feels like to be betrayed. He knows what it is to be with conflicted people. He knows what it is to not have everything just given to you, but to work and to have to be questioned. He knows what it is. So when you pray to Jesus, when you go to God in the name of Jesus, you thank him for the blood. But then you can also relate to him. When you're having a conversation, so sometimes I'm like literally like, I feel like I'm like on a three-way, you know? And it's like, they're all, because God the Father just always loves me. Just, you know everything, you're so powerful, but Jesus, you get me. 
but Holy Spirit, you're working within me. You're walking by my side. So it's like you're with every single facet of God. So this prayer thing, I don't even know how you can get it really done if you're really having this intimacy with him in less than two minutes. When you actually lean in and you know what you're doing when you're having a conversation, when you're saying this conversation has a purpose and it's to align my life to your will. Why don't you stand to your feet? 2 Corinthians 13, 14 was actually the benediction. And this is where we are given these facets of each one of the Holy Trinity. It says the amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ. The amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ. The extravagant love of God. God's love is extravagant for you. The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. See the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, same but different roles. And today I want you to know that grace of Jesus. I want you to know that the conversation with God is doable. You can. But pastor, no, if you knew my life, I'm here for the first time or I've been walking with God, but I'm just, how can I even pray? I've had people that actually have told me, can you pray for me? Or can you pray for this for me? And I'm like, that's weird. Like, why don't you just pray? Like, can we pray together? No, 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 no. Can you pray for this for me? Like, what do you mean? Can I pray for this thing for you? Yeah, because I wouldn't dare ask God for anything for myself. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Maybe you've thought that. Maybe you're here today and you're like, oh, that's for you guys. Because you guys, you guys are pastors. Or you guys come to church every Sunday. I'm here for the first time. Dude, I was, I was barfing my guts out last night. So this message mm, doesn't really apply to me. No, it completely applies to you. See, because I come to present you the Son, Jesus Christ himself. And the Word of God says that if you receive the Son then he is the one. He is the mediator between us and the Father. That's why we have open doors to the Father. Not because of you. It's never been because of your merit. It's the free gift of salvation through the grace of Jesus Christ. So I want every eye closed. And as every eye is closed, I want every heart just open. Open up your heart. When you open up a door, it's because someone's been there knocking and you're giving them permission to enter. He's such a gentleman that he's not going to push his way through. He'll stand there. He stood there all of this time just knocking. I love you. Let me in. I love you. Let me in. I'm not going to push my way through, but I'm here if you need me. Today's the day. Open up your heart. Repeat after me, church, and say, Heavenly Father, our God, I know that I have sinned. I recognize that I will never be good enough or qualify or merit. I can't even guarantee you that I won't sin again. But today I ask for help. I ask you to enter my heart, Jesus, and to save me. Not only to be my Savior, 
but to be my Lord. Guide me, direct me, transform me. I accept you. I know that you died and you resurrected. And because of that, I am saved. It's all thanks to you. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your family, friends, frenemies. Lord knows we all need more Jesus. Until next week.